Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm so happy that you are back with me this week and that I am back here with you. Uh, before we swing into our show, which is around how to become a Phoenix Rising, I would like to invite you to get to know yourself a little bit better. Um, many of the folks I talk to over the course of my, my life, some are clients, some are just people I run across, uh, frequently are wandering through this world not realizing that they have amazing giftednesses that they have yet to tap into and every single one of us has brought spiritual gifts with us and so i created this quiz called the what is your number one spiritual power quiz to help introduce you to that aspect of yourself even if you think you're a total muggle and there's nothing magical about you whatsoever uh, I would invite you to come and take the quiz and discover what your giftedness is because frequently we don't recognize it because it's like the water that we swim in. So if you go to superpowerquiz.us and take a minute out of your day, you will learn a little bit more about who you are and what you brought to this world. That's superpowerquiz.us. So our guest today is Melissa Range. And she's been on a spiritual path for about 13 years. She's certified in Us, how do you pronounce it? Usui? Usui? Usui. Usui, mm -hmm. Karuna, Crystal, and Angelic Reiki. She's a certified firewalk instructor with the Fire Institute of Research and Education, a medium certified in Akashic Record Reading, a certified crystalline priestess, a certified money breakthrough business coach, and a certified sacred money archetypes coach. You definitely believe in your certifications, <laughs> my dear. Yes, <laughs> She mentors and empowers men and women, uh, uh, inspiring them to rebuild their intuition, reclaim their power, and to restore grace to their lives, creating their kingdom or queendom of heaven right here on earth. She also has her own podcast, Phoenix Rising, where she shares her own spiritual thoughts and experiences and also invites guests to share their personal Phoenix Rising stories. Most importantly, though, she is a single mother of three teens and a dog mom to Apollo, their golden retriever. Welcome. Um, Melissa. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Sophia Renee. I'm so glad to be here today with you. It's just such a pleasure. And since I already know you a little bit, it's just going to be fun to get to know you even more. Well, actually, this is my opportunity to get to know you more. <laughs> just the introduction was like, wow, okay, cool. Hmm, I might need to talk to her about some stuff. <laughs> yeah. I know where to begin, right? Where yes, begin? yes, exactly. So, a lot of us are raised, what do I want to say, from childhood to not be engaged with our spiritual side, to not see our, our spiritual aspects as a conversation with the divine, and to just kind of live in this world of separation and disconnectedness, right? <laughs> so where did you start your journey? Well, as a little girl, one of the things that I remember about being young was I love to be in nature. And 
there was a tree in our backyard and it was really big, really tall. I actually don't even know what kind of tree it was. But as a little girl, and I'm a tiny person too, very petite, I would climb this tree to the tippy, tippy top. And there was three prongs like of branches. And I would stand in it and I would sway in the wind. Oh, wow. Yes. And I could see this gold building, probably about 10 miles from our house. But up there in that tree, I felt so alive and connected. And I didn't realize it at the time because I, you know, it was just in my nature to go there. That was kind of like my sacred alone place as a little girl. Nobody could yeah. get me there. Your sacred safe space. Yes. Yes. It really was. And until one day my mom was watching me out of the kitchen window. And, oh, I'll bet she freaked. Oh, she freaked because I was like, 50 feet in the air, I think. I mean, like up there swaying in the wind, just hanging out. And my dad was like, kept telling my mom, no big deal. You know, she's fine. Well, one day he came home and I was up there and he was like, get down from there right now. He freaked (laughs) out as much as she did. (laughs) It's all fine in theory until you see it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And they were just like, how do you, I could scale that sucker in two seconds to the top. And just, I knew it. It was my, it was my sacred space. And that was really where I connected and didn't and didn't even know it. I just felt very alive and very free. But then once I got into grade school and high school, I was raised Catholic. And so I started shutting down like the word you used earlier was separate, separate, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like the religion caused me to separate at such a deep level. I forgot that, that my higher self was there to help me. I forgot the divine feminine piece mm-hmm. of me. I forgot those, you know, helpers that were out there helping me at my, my, my guides and things. Like and, that. and that's one of my primary beefs with religion in our society nowadays is by far and away. Now, this isn't every single little nick and cranny of every religion out there because there are nooks and crannies that still foster that connection and and connectedness into the divine. But most of them, man has subverted in some way to serve some other purpose, whether it's control or influence or politics or whatever it is, the doing of good deeds. Not that there's anything wrong with doing good deeds, but the whole point of religion at its highest and best is to bring you into that personal relationship with the divine. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And to really understand why we're here. Yes. And then naturally good deeds follow out of that. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, for sure. So how far did you end up going down this path of separateness? I would say I was very Catholic. I mean, I was a very Catholic girl for a very long time. I went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school, Jesuit college. And then from there, I was a very hardcore practicing Catholic. And, you know, I I knew we probably had a lot in common (laughs) because I went through extremely conservative Lutheran grade school, Lutheran high school, Lutheran college. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Once my kids were in, in the, in the world, I mean, I was putting them through the indoctrination and following the dogma. And I wasn't 
what I would call like a huge Bible person in the sense of I didn't, you know, read the Bible to them. But the beautiful piece was I had been taught the rosary by my mom. And Ah. yeah, some of the funny stories are one of the funniest stories was we went on vacation and my friends to this day never forget this story. And we were in two cars and we had CB radios and we were saying the rosary back and forth in the two cars. (laughs) On the way to vacation in Florida. Yeah, that's how we were like saying that because we always said the rosary to start a trip every single time. But the beautiful piece of that was I remembered that when I got into my really dark space in my own life and I went back to the rosary, which in reality, all it was was meditation that I was doing. I was meditating on these beads and saying a mantra over and over. Yes. And it put me in a space where I was able to receive valuable information and start really rebuilding my own intuition. Yeah. And that's a beautiful space to be able to arrive into. However, you you find your way around to it. And some of us are are more easily led there than others of us. <laughs> Me being part of the stubborn, uh, stubborn section. <laughs> so how, how did you come back around to that connectivity with your God squad, for example, um, and God himself? How, how did that evolve for you? Well, I was still going to mass on Sundays and I felt this connection, but it never was, of course, a true connection, like a true feeling of connection. But I knew there was a God out there helping me with my life in certain ways. But then what happened was I started to pray that rosary every day. It was kind of like my 20 minutes of solitude slash alone time and I slash self-care. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I'd started waking up before my kids to do it because there was a, a piece of me that was starting to feel very desperate that I was doing all of these things that I mean, doing and trying and to, to save my marriage and to, to be in a space where I was happy, which I really wasn't. And little by little, I started to uh, become more intuitive and really come into a space of looking at my life, like from my higher self, like, Hey, this stuff is not an alignment. This is, I'm not happy with my life and I'm tired of trying to make it work. Mm -hmm. And so I, and I was also in a program called Al-Anon. I had started in a program called Al-Anon to really get me in a space where I could have other people to support me in my life because I felt very unsupported. And of course, when you're in a space where you're trying to keep up with the Joneses and look good and for society to think you're this, you know, that you're happening or successful or yes, yes, I needed, I was starting to isolate myself and The more I said the rosary and the more I started to self-care in my life, the more things started to appear to support me to get back to that part of me that I had lost. Yeah. Give me an example of something that showed up to support you on that path. I think, well, the women in my life, so in Al-Anon, I was in an all-women's group, and I felt like there was a lot of mothers 
in that group. And since I really didn't share with my parents a lot of what was going on in my marriage, I felt like I had all these loving, supportive mother type figures who'd been in this recovery program for a long time. And they'd been through divorce or they'd been through similar situations as me. And they could they could understand and relate to me in a way that I felt like I wasn't alone. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is really wonderful because I know when you start to go into this, um, what do I want to say? A lot of people call it like a dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. It's like we're we're going to turn off all the outside input and we're going to let you find that light that's inside of you. Mm-hmm. That can be a very scary, a very lonely place as you start to go through these transitions. Um, and so you almost feel more alone before you feel more connected. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. And I've had several dark nights of the soul. So I that's a familiar thing for me now to understand that that they they come and they're not as the one I was going through back then, of course, was really deep because it was the beginning of my spiritual journey. But now as they come in, I feel like they don't last as long and they're not as severe. It And yeah. I know, yeah, I know they're there and I know I had the tools to help myself to get through them. Exactly. Well, in the first one, you you don't know that they end, right? <laughs> You're going into this deep, dark tunnel, but you don't know that there's there's a good outcome at the end of it. So it can be a very frightening place to be. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Ooh. So what was your first dark night? Tell us a little about that. I would say just walking through the halls of my house and noticing all of the material things that I had and the life I was living from the outside looking in looked like I had it all. Yeah. But in here, I was miserable. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I didn't love my husband anymore. I, I didn't know who he was. I it was like, why did I marry this man? I mean, I don't really know him. I don't think I've ever known him. And I don't think I know who I am. And who the hell is helping me out there to get my life to where I went, where I thought that it would, I, be. would be? Yeah. yeah. Well, and that I found, I don't know about you, it was really important for me to release what I thought my life ought to be as I went through this process. <laughs> That's how, important. How, how was that for you? Did you have any trouble repainting that picture? Oh, absolutely. That was one of the, probably the hardest pieces that I had to let go of because according to my religious beliefs and the beliefs that I have been trained to have faith in, you know, that you stay with that person no matter what. And you, you for better or worse, sickness and health and all that. I mean, that was just like ingrained in my mind. And I thought that I would be this terrible person if I changed that picture. That picture was so deeply embedded in me. You stay, you, you, you know, you, you work at it. And, and that was, that's why it was so hard for me to make the choice to leave. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's really hard. Um, Seems to me, the little bit I know about Catholicism as opposed to Lutherans, um, 
it's a sacrament. This is not just a promise between you and your spouse, but also a promise to God. It's a vow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. not that vows cannot be rescinded, but it's a big deal. It so, is. <laughs> yeah, not right. surprising it took a minute. Yeah, oh, it did. <laughs> so, what allowed you to kind of step back and, and take another? another angle on that. How did that unfold for you? Well, and this is one of the keys I feel like to how I help clients today is surrender. It was all surrender. It was, it was kneeling down in front of my picture of Jesus, the sacred heart Jesus and saying, dude, you got to do something. I'm out of solutions. I'm out of answers. I'm out of trying to make this work in the best way I know how I've done everything I can think of and it's not working. And it was just like, it's yours. It, I can't do it. You do it. And in that moment, I felt massive peace. I'm getting a vibration right now. Yeah. Oh, and, I, and you know, it's, it's miraculous when you arrive at that moment. And we've actually arrived at the moment of our first commercial break. (laughs) How's that for a transition? Awesome. So everyone who's joining us today um, in listener land, I would invite you to get your pen, get your piece of paper, and spend some moments with the places in your life where you've been stuck or maybe you currently are stuck. It's the rock and the hard place, and I don't see a direction out of it. Or at the time, I didn't see a direction out of it. And spend a few minutes around, did you surrender into that moment? If you surrendered into that moment, what, what came forward for you as a result of that surrender? And hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to tellzofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. In a Realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Find us at innerrealmmagazine.com. Get Unchained! 
Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel, featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm still here with the amazing and wonderful Melissa K. Range. And we've been discussing uh, becoming a, a phoenix rising. And before the break, she was telling us a little bit about her first sort of dark night of the soul turning point, where she was walking through her house and and taking an inventory of all the stuff and comparing it to all the hollow emptiness inside. So you had surrendered that you had no answers on how to resolve your current situation in terms of your marriage and the emptiness and the lack of love. So what happened after that surrender? After that surrender, and I feel like this is one of the keys to really what I teach and how I live my own life is I put the request out there, the surrender out there. So I asked Ben for help. Like I need some help. I allowed and started to receive through my intuition and through people showing up in my life. And then what happened was I took action. And so anytime I was guided to do something, I stepped into it, even though I was absolutely terrified. And there were moments where I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown from anxiety because yeah, <laughs> I, I was, your soul will stretch you. <laughs> yes. Oh, most definitely. I was being stretched. That was probably the, the, the time from the time I surrendered to the time I actually left the home of my husband, I was in a constant state of anxiety, just a constant state of not knowing what was going to come next and just having to be in total faith and trust and not knowing what that picture was going to look like, except the end picture was being out of that space with him. Exactly. Now, let me, let me dig a little deeper with you here. How do you tell the difference between an inspired course of action and your brain making some shit up for you to do? That is a good question. And really what it was, was trusting that it, when it was coming in, it wasn't like I had thought about it. It was, it was, you know, how, when sometimes I've heard the voice of, of God or spirit, and it's been very few times where it's been so crystal clear that I know it's God is like, I'll be laying in my bed and all of a sudden a thought will come in 
like do this. Or I, it's mostly when I'm, I would say when I'm in a relaxed state, when I'm calm, mm-hmm. when I'm, when I'm not thinking about that thing or whatever that action I need to do, it's, it all of a sudden, it'll just come in at random. Mm. And I feel like that is when I receive the best guidance or laying in my bed right before I'm asleep or waking up in the morning, right when I wake up or my dreams are very telling. I feel like, you know, over the course of the last 13 years, I write a lot of my dreams and I get a lot of messages or information about how to heal myself or work on myself through my dreams. Mm, Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So if you think back on like your brain working on something, the thoughts that come in that working on process, as opposed to these thoughts that arrive, how do they feel different to you? How do you experience them differently? I would say my mind is, is like, um, busy. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's, it's, it's very active versus to just be in a space of receiving or allowing it's calm. It's in the flow of life and I'm just living. I'm not, um, actively trying for seeking, pushing. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Love that. Love that. All right. So what were some of these actions you were asked to take that caused you so much anxiety as you were separating from your husband? Right. One of them was going to find a lawyer, just going to find a lawyer to try to help me in my process because I didn't want to get a divorce because that word was just had so much craziness around it, you know, high yeah. charged energy. So going to get a lawyer, and I remember, and this is why, is because my ex-husband's family, they're all lawyers, no joke. And Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, yes. And they're very, and was he a lawyer also? No, no, no. Okay. He's not. He oh, thank heavens. That, that would have just put the jury on it, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. And on top of that, um, well, his father is actually one of the most powerful litigators in the Midwest. And so it was very, very scary for me to push my little girl in because I had three, I have three kids and I was taking my, my youngest because I was a stay at home mom and I was taking her into the areas where all of his family members worked as well. And Mm. I was scared they would see me and they'd be like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? Yeah. Right. Right. So that was very scary for me. Secondly, it was like, where am I going to live and how am I going to do this being a mom with not a full-time job anymore because I was in corporate America and I was making a ton of money. And then I had said to my ex, I want to be a mom and I want to stay home. Now, mind you, I always had like a part-time gig I was doing, Mm -hmm. but I was scared. How am I going to provide for my family? How am I going to do this? Who's going to, you know, what's going to happen? Because One of the things that the judge said was, well, you used to make a ton of money. You can just go out and do that again. You can just go get a job. And I'm like, it's been, you know, six years since I did that. I, Mm -hmm. I, so there was. Not to mention, I've got three children I'm raising now. Yes. Yes. So that was really scary and caused me a lot of anxiety. Like, how am I going to provide for my family and where am I going to live? And what, you know, separating all of the 
the material things. And, and my ex-husband, he was not real happy that I had decided to move out. He was not mm -hmm. in a, and I was very afraid. I was very afraid of him. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the most dangerous points in a relationship is that separating moment. Um, I, my first husband, my husband, uh, husband yeah. yeah, was one of these, uh, manipulative control freak kind of guys and it was extremely scary separating from him and although he had never physically raised a hand to me i in my soul it was only a matter of time i i recognized that and so yeah there were a couple of years there where it was really dicey so yeah, I, I salute you and your anxiety was appropriately placed. <laughs> yes, it was. It was, I was afraid for my life. And yeah, mine had never raised a hand to me as well, but there was some, there was some, you know, comments that made me very afraid and thinking to my, and there was episodes after I had left that made me very afraid. So, well, exactly. And mine, I had a life insurance policy on him. <laughs> And uh, he's someone who projects, okay? And so I knew he was cheating because he would accuse me of cheating. Mm -hmm. You know, this kind of thing would happen. And he came around uh, saying that he wanted me to drop the life insurance policy on him because he was afraid I was going to take out a hit on him. It's like, well, first, it's not enough money to pay the hitman. <laughs> Just enough to pay for the car. And once the car is paid off, then, then I will let that go. But it gives me pause knowing that when he accuses me of things, it's because he's thinking that same thing. And so, yeah, there were a few years there until that car was paid off that I was like, oh, knows what this man's planning or doing, you know, and right. and he would do intimidation things. You know, if I was walking through a parking lot and he happened to see me, he would drive into that parking lot and just circle me with the car mm. all the way to where I'm going. And it's like, this is this is not a good situation. Not at all. No, it's very scary. It's very you just, yeah, don't know what to expect with a person that can be volatile at any time. You just don't know. Yeah. So, whew. all right. So, but you made it through. You made it out. I did. I did. And I'll never forget. I woke up the next morning. So this is what transpired is we had this house that I live in now. We had moved into his grandparents' house. And this house was, this was 2010, had been on the market and never sold. And I always tell people when they come to my house, they're like, your house is so cute. I'm like, I know. And <sighs> I moved right back into this house. It never sold. It was on the market. Hundreds of people walked through this house. This is a God thing. Yep. And I was schlepping my lawnmower in my car back and forth to cut both yards. And I was saying to God, why are you doing this to me? Why would you make me mow both yards and all this? I'm exhausted. I have three kids. You know. and because it, take a hint, you're supposed to live in one yes, of those. <laughs> yes. And I was. And when I moved back in, it was beautiful. I had all these um, you know, men, dads and husbands that were helping me, you know, cut my grass and s shovel my driveway. And they were doing things for me. If anything would break, they would come over and help. And I mean, it was lovely. But the morning, the next morning after I'd moved, I woke, woke up and there was a dove 
perched on the fence right outside my prayer chair, my little Mm -hmm. area where I would pray and meditate. And I thought to myself, the Holy Spirit, (laughs) it was, it was like the most peace I had felt in, in forever that I could remember. It was just like, I felt so at peace with what I had done and knew it was the right thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. I love that story about schlepping the lawnmower back and forth and going, why are you doing this to me? It's, it's just one of those like facepalm moments, I think, for like the God squad. They're like, we're take a hint. <laughs> See what we're putting in front of you, please, right. lady. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I like to say it was just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. One of those moments. Absolutely. Yeah. So I know we're, uh, we're planning to talk about Phoenix rising. Tell me what it means to be a Phoenix rising to you. Well, yeah. And I think that it's funny how that name for my coaching came to me. My priestess teacher and I were talking about my business years ago. And she's like, I just see you like such a Phoenix, Melissa. You're such a fire. That's my sign anyway. But the Phoenix, the bird is so powerful because it, it it's like it continues to burn away to become this beautiful, massive creature that is so powerful. And but in the beginning, I didn't know my power. I didn't know what was it with in me. I was uncovering it over time. I mean, yes. burning away what doesn't serve you in order to find more of your worth, more of your power, more of your self-love and understand how to do that little by little by little by little until your wings are just massive and ready to spread and fly. Absolutely. I love that analogy. And it's one of the things that I think uh, society frequently does to little girls, young women, older women, is you get your wings pinned down Mm -hmm. and you're told to not be all that and extra is bad. Mm -hmm. And no, extra is beautiful. Be extra, my dear. Step into that amazing, powerful diva that you are and sing that shit. <laughs> yes, totally. And Absolutely. we don't, you're right. We are, we're suppressed and oppressed and taught don't be seen, don't be heard, or, mm-hmm. and, and I. And, and toe the line, right? Be a good little housewife or, or partner or arm decoration, you know, whatever role the man in your life wants you to play, mm-hmm. whether it's a caretaker or an ornament or, or, or household help, <laughs> you know? Right, right. And I mean, I think with the Phoenix, What I also, just because of the whole fire thing, part of it was to step into my fear. And as we know, and I, well, I believe that we come back over and over and over to clear our karma, to find more of our self-love, to realize self-actualization, self-realization, to evolve up the spiral staircase. And I feel as though the phoenix as well with the fire was such a symbol for me to burn away some of that stuff that I have carried within me in each lifetime to be fully healed of that or fully 
more of my authentic yeah. self. There, there comes a point at which you've paid for the sins of your past, right? <laughs> this whole, I'm coming to clear my karmic debt. Uh, at some point, you have to be done clearing the karmic debt. I think a lot of us kind of get lost in that. Not that, um, what do I want to say? Not that you shouldn't make good for the things you've done wrong. Absolutely do that. But don't hold yourself captive to that forever. At some point, you have to forgive yourself and move forward and step into the next thing, knowing that you've done as well as you could to make up for, to balance the scales for whatever it was that you, that you did wrong, you know? And sometimes we do as much as we, we don't intend to, or sometimes we do intend to. <laughs> um, but, you know, time brings perspective and sometimes it's, uh, it's good to make up for those things. So how did you begin to create balance in your life, my love? Well, I think, again, it was a process, a process of following my intuition. And I would say becoming a Reiki master teacher, that was one of the first things I stepped into. I started in a book club of women and one man where we were reading spiritual books. <laughs> Isn't that usually how that goes? Yes. <laughs> you have a dozen women and one guy. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. And that was opening me up more and more and more. And I was just becoming more intrigued with a lot of these things, these uh, ideas that I'd never really thought of or thought would be valuable for me because I was raised in the Catholic faith and that was against anything I would do. So mm -hmm. that kind of began opening me up to so many of the Reiki and then into the fire walking and then into the Akashic record reading. So that's, I mean, it was just a process. It's like my own evolution. Yeah, back to those parallels. I, I do Akashic record work also. <laughs> mm, I know, it's powerful. It is. It's amazing, amazing stuff. And it's it can be so healing to go back into the former lives mm -hmm. to see what it is that you're schlepping around with you that maybe it's time to just release yourself, forgive yourself for all that. Um, but it's also hugely powerful to work with this life right here that you planned. And I think that's where a lot of Akashic people um, kind of, what I want to say, lose, the op lose an opportunity mm -hmm. in some ways because there's so much focus on the previous life, the previous life. Well, let's, let's look at what you wanted to do in this life right. that's giving you grief right now mm -hmm. uh, because that can be hugely liberating as well. Okay, so we're already up on our second break. I'm being a bad hostess and just prattling on. <laughs> But it's so much fun talking to you. Oh, We've you. got so many fun topics to talk about. Yeah. Uh, everyone who's out there in listener land, hang with us through the break. We're going to talk to more about how we get to the heart of our shadows and bring our stuff into the light so we can sort it out and, and drop some of this baggage that's holding us down, burn away some of the stuff that's got our wings clipped to our sides. So hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. 
leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know, how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm still here with the amazing and wonderful Melissa K. Range. And we were discussing, um, you know, coming out of this dark night and starting to create some balance in life. And I think where I'd like to take it next is how did you decide it was time to start working with your shadow side? And how do you start to bring that out into the light? Well, I had been working unbeknownst to me, I felt like Al-Anon, being an Al-Anon, that really started my shadow work. Because when you work the 12 steps in any recovery program, you start getting into the heart of your, what they call character defects. Yes. And so I had been doing that. And I had over the course of my 12 12 years in Al-Anon, I worked the steps three times, but I also helped people work their steps. Mm-hmm. I was I was their sponsor. So at in the beginning, it was all around working the 12 steps. Well, what transpired from there was when I got into priestess school. So after firewalking school, and that just blew me open completely, blew me open just so much to find more of that inner peace within me because we were really pushed to do extreme spiritual things. It wasn't just firewalking, which that in itself. That's pretty extreme. Yes, (laughs) it is. It's pretty extreme. And we did four solid nights. And on our final night, you have to walk 108 times on the, on the coals. You have to. That's a lot of walking. It was a lot of walking and coals to the side. It's a lot of walking. (laughs) Yeah. And you talk about your shadow self. Well, I mean, your ego 
your ego in that four days, my ego was just like, hell to the no, am I going to do that? Hell to the no, am I going to do that? And I just kept doing it. And I think so. I think the shadow part of me always comes up when I'm stepping into fear. It always comes Mm -hmm. up to try to keep me small or try to not be seen or heard. But the real deeper shadow work was in my priestess class. And Mm -hmm. we were guided by our teacher to go down and meet Erish Kegel in the depths below. We spent a lot of- Share with us Erish Kegel for those of us who are unconversant. (laughs) Okay, so Erish Kegel is the queen of the underworld. Uh And you're taken on a journey to go down and literally- let go or be naked and seen by the queen of the underworld with where you don't feel worthy or you don't feel enough or you're afraid. And that is the deepest part of my shadow that I went down into the depths of that underworld looking at me and 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 being vulnerable and exposed at the deepest level. And, you know, you're doing this in a sacred space with other women who are also on the same journey, you're in a container with your teacher. And, and I feel like that really pushed me to really begin truly healing my, my womb space, my sacral chakra, and just very vulnerable in a place of very much vulnerability with other people that I had never been before. Yeah, exactly. If you're if you're raised to put on a good show and keep up with the Joneses, that that's shit you don't do. <laughs> no, no. And yeah. I mean, yeah, you're very exposed. You're like naked in, inside this container. And there's it's just it was unbelievable. And on top of that, we had a lot of shadow work that we did with writing it down and then giving it to another sister, talking about it with another sister in the container. And so we were always being kind of pushed to be open and vulnerable and heal, heal those parts of us that don't feel whole. Yeah. Yeah. And I I love that you were willing to step into it and go do that because I think it's very easy and I know it. It's been a huge temptation on my own path as well to kind of wake up and go, I'm going to go fix the rest of the world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the true work that we're here to do is the stuff that's inside of us, the stuff that's inside of me. That's really my job. And until I'm at peace with me and who I am and how I am in the world, I can't assist anyone else. I really can't fix anyone else. All I'm going to do is screw them up more. (laughs) Yes, most definitely. Absolutely. So I I salute you and honor you doing your shadow work because I know it's a big, scary place to go. Well, it is. And most people turn and run the other way. They don't want to do it. They don't want to go to those places because then they'll be seen. Then you'll know about me and you'll know my secrets in the closet. And, mm-hmm. and, and who will I be if I don't have those with me? Who, who am I going to be if I don't let, you know, if I let go of those parts of me that are so familiar? And I, yeah. I believe that's why truly always I'm pushing myself out of the box, out of the comfort zone that I've I've become familiar with because, and that's what I push my clients to do. Like 
come on, you have to do, if you want the results, if you want to be more of your potential, the limitless being that you are and get out of these ruts or not live that scenario over and over and you're sick of it, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then you've got to do the work. You've got to yeah, step just up. Just do the damn thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it's it. not going to be as bad as you think it is. It's like the, what was that book? Eat the frog, eat the frog first, or something like that. I forget the exact title, but yeah, eat that frog. Yeah, it was it was a management I bo book I read oh. when I was back in the Fortune 100, and you know, there's a lot to be said for showing up and doing the nasty job first thing in the morning, getting it out of the way. And I think shadow work is kind of similar, you know, just lean into it, accept that it's there. It doesn't make you bad or less worthy or any of that. Just do it. We're all human. We all have that pile of stuff. Just go there. And it's never as bad or never takes as long as you think it will. <laughs> no, no. And, you know, that's the beauty of finding other people who've done it and, and they can say, hey, I, you're not alone. I've been through this too. I've done this work and I'm here to support you. I'm here to hold your hand or to be that, be that silent space holder for you. Because if you want something and you want to be in a space of a higher vibration or bringing more light into the world, and you've got to do that, you've got to do that work, but there's always somebody that's just a little bit ahead of you. That's done it. That's willing to hold space for you or, or hold your hand or say, it's all going to be okay. This too shall pass. Encourage you or witness your process. I yeah. know sometimes I know I've, I've gone through a lot of grieving process in my life. And the first time I really, what I want to say, stepped into that process, I, I was encouraged to like, just go into it fully. Don't hold yourself back. Don't, don't suppress the tears. Don't do all that shit that people try and encourage you to do. Mm -hmm. um, I actually called a friend of mine. I said, this is what I'm going to, I'm going all the way in. <laughs> And I'm I'm a little concerned I might not get back out. So if you get a phone call that's like, <laughs> you know what's going on and just come over. <laughs> do you want me to come now? No, no, I need to do this myself. But I need to also know that I've got that lifeline there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And that's the beautiful. I mean, that's what's so beautiful in our humanity. And then when we ask, you ask somebody to be there for you, to you reach out. I mean, I think that's something we also are taught not to do. I'm, I'm, I need some help. I, I need some support, right? Somebody oh, yeah. I was raised by a pair of rugged independents. And mm -hmm. in fact, um, when I was getting married to my second husband, interesting enough, I, I was in the phase of my life where I was learning to ask for assistance. And so we're getting ready to put together this wedding. And so his parents came, my parents came, other relatives, friends, whatever. And like the theme around this wedding was to ask for assistance because we were doing it on like this shoestring budget. And my mother's comment, and this is kind of emblematic of um, her attitude towards things and what I was raised with was, 
I can't believe you invited us down here and then put us to work. Ah, ah, oh. oh, well, that's your problem now, not mine. <laughs> So we're getting down to the tail end of the show here, and I know you brought a gift with you for the listeners. Would you like to share with them what the gift is? Yes. So my gift is a meditation, and basically what it's all about is going to release something or surrender something in order to receive something that you desire in your life or want to create. And I call it a fire meditation because you, since I'm a fire walk instructor and I like to go like Friday night, I went and did another fire walk and I went there to meet new people, to just remind myself what it's like to be in a space where I'm a little anxious and I'm not sure what it is I want to create, but I know that by walking the fire, a door is going to open for me and I'm going to be able to create or fulfill a desire in my life or get clarity around that. And so the gift I'm giving is a meditation that takes you to meet a guide in your life and then put it out there, what it is you want to let go of or surrender. And then as you walk across the fire, what you're walking into to create or bring to fruition in your life. Mm, that's beautiful. And it it's right in line with that theme of Phoenix Rising, right? Let's yes. let's burn away this stuff. I, I love to say that um, you know, you need to look at your setbacks differently because in order to receive that thing you're asking for, you need to have empty hands. Mm. So when the thing goes away, say thank you because you know that the thing you've been asking for is fixing to arrive. I love that. Yay. So yes, definitely go get Melissa's meditation and, and open yourself up, open that space up to receive the next thing that you're asking for. Mm -hmm. So quickly in about 60 seconds, tell me how you keep gratitude for front and center in your life. How do you make sure that you're in gratitude on a daily basis. So every night before I go to bed, I have a journal right on top of my clock radio, right? My time. And I have a notebook and I have probably 10 of these. I write down at least at minimum five things that I am in gratitude or appreciate about my day. And I make sure and to, to just write that I appreciate or I'm such in gratitude. And I also think throughout the day when spirit shows up for me, like let's say I lose something or can't find something or I forget something, I tap in and I just say, thank you, spirit. Thank you. Thank you for helping me do this. Thank you for this. And I pray every morning in gratitude. That's a ritual every single morning. So I find a lot of gratitude throughout my day to make sure that I'm always in that vibration and always just being in a space where I know that I'm getting so much and receiving so much. Do you ever have moments where you, you really have to like actively remind yourself and pull yourself back into that gratitude space? Oh, yes. Yes. 
But I feel like over the years, because I practice it so much, it's gotten easier and easier, even in the tough stuff, even in the tough stuff, I'm saying there must be something that I'm meant to learn in this. Thank you. There must be. Beautiful. I love that. And it's it's a testament to practice. If you practice, then the tools are there when you need them. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining me today, Melissa. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. (laughs) And thank you to everyone who's joined in to listen with us today. Uh, I love that you come every week from listener land and join us in these conversations. And I would love to hear from you. You can send an email short and sweet to ask Zofia, that's A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A at transformationspace.co. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 